This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. And we want to give a huge shout out to some of our latest supporters. We uh, So thank you to Martin P., Amanda S., Rachel C., Victoria M., Bridget K., and Saul G. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate it. Thank you, friends. We really appreciate it. What'd you drop there, bud? Uh, many things, but a pen. <laughs> uh, I, I was, we were going to record a bit ago, but then I got sidetracked because the story just popped up and I'm like, forget the podcast. I'm doing this story. Do you want to hear what this is? Did you say forget the podcast? Cause I'm right here. That is exactly what I said. Here's, here's why we're, del- here's why it took us a second to start this thing. So, you and me are both fans of Hamilton. We both enjoyed watching it last week. Oh, Jesus. And so you knew this was going to happen. The one mom at One Million Moms is yes, very mad. Back. Why do you think she's Ooh. mad about the musical? Okay, I have to. Okay. It's you knew either. she was going to chime in. Of course. Um, it's popular, so she has yeah. to like get her paws on that. Mm-hmm. Either it's the fact that founding fathers are played by people of color or... The song Say No to This is about infidelity? Close. Ooh, okay, wait. Close. And I have another one. Yeah. Is it that they featured Sally Hemings, who is famously Thomas Jefferson's... They featured Sally Hemings? Featured is generous. At at the beginning of What Did I Miss, he refers to somebody as Sally, and she has a fun Batma. Interesting. No, Um, here's here's her problem. So I'm going to step back, because me and I think both of us know this, but in the musical... There are th- uh, three examples, three uses of the word fuck, uh, like Correct. in the original Broadway show. Correct. And Lynn manuel Miranda basically said on Twitter weeks ago, mm-hmm. he said uh, both the Motion Picture what, Association, Association of America, America and Disney Plus has a policy. Like Disney Plus says you got to have only PG-13 movies on mm-hmm. our site. But the MPAA, oh, I didn't know they allowed PG thirteen. Yes, I Disney thought he Plus, just wanted the PG thirteen rating. Oh, that he does. Sense. But Disney Plus has a rule like we're not going to have R rated movies on our streaming site. Makes sense. It's Disney. Um, the Motion Picture Association of America says if you have more than one f bomb in your movie, mm-hmm. then we automatically give you an R rating. So what happens when you have three of them? So Lin Manuel basically said, "Look, with one of them, we muted it." With the mm-hmm. second one, you have like a record scratch sound over it. Mm-hmm. And we were able to keep the third one. So he joked on Twitter, I literally gave two fucks so the kids could see it. I will say that the two fucks he dropped, I'm genuine. I know it's stupid, but like genuinely bummed about because they come in really good moments that I like a whole lot. They do. They are fun. I will say having seen it, they're also like... Uh, they're not essential to the scenes. It's just no, no, no. like characters. Re- I think one of them's like we're Southern. Southern motherfucking Democratic Republicans. I That's know. exactly right. So it's like you didn't even need the word. So it was easy to censor it, self-censor it, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Anyway, Monica Cole, the one mom at One Million Moms, is very mad because they left one of them in. And here's what she writes in her rant. Disney's decision to allow even one F word to be heard on its Disney Plus platform is shameful. Shame on Disney Plus for allowing even one F-bomb, along with other multiple uses of profanity, to remain in the film Hamilton. It's just too much and totally unnecessary, which is kind of funny because having, you know, if you see it, 
There are jokes about I heard your mother say come again. Yeah. Which she didn't mention at all in her letter. Because she didn't get it. <laughs> no. Um, because I mean the the fact you even mentioned this, the one time the the one F bomb they kept in the musical is literally the only sexual use of it because it's <laughs> um no, I believe it's interesting because it, it, it's about an affair. Yeah, so there's an interesting thing about, and I don't know if this is still true. I watched a um, a documentary about the MPAA. I don't remember what it's called. If Mikey comes down, I'll ask him. Um, but there is generally in PG-13 movies, you can use the word fuck, but you can you have to use it as like an expletive. You can't say like, I fucked him or I fucked right. like, Which it kind of crosses that line because he's somebody's reading a letter and he said, you see that? It's called This Film's Not Yet Rated. Mikey heard me <laughs> from the office and came running down. Um, he, the the line I, in the musical is, that was you, my wife, you decided, you decided to. to. And then it cuts to Hamilton, who's saying fuck, and I'm like, fuck. Right. He doesn't, I don't think he even technically, said technically He doesn't. Technically, that's an expletive and not a sexual use of the word. So I yeah. think this still qualifies. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so she's mad about that. So she's mad about that, which I would argue... Maybe, maybe that would be a valid complaint to allow the the word fuck on Disney Plus and you're complaining about that. Maybe that would be believable, except we're talking about the same woman who complains when Disney Plus shows a gay couple on a cartoon and she's mad at their existence. Well, the funny thing about this is, is you see this a lot in like kind of online culture of like, oh, if you don't like it, just keep scrolling, which I think does lend itself in this case, but not in, like if somebody uses like an F slur or an N bomb or something like that, that's not a thing like, Oh, I don't like hearing the N word. So I'm just going to keep scrolling. Like that's somebody being abusive and racist. Whereas this is like, nobody's making you watch Hamilton. Like <laughs> no one's making you buy Disney plus. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's truly wild. Like she does not have to watch this thing. She doesn't have to agree with MPAA ratings. They're kind of bullshit right. anyway. Right. Right. And by the way, like the movie came out a week ago, all the fans have already seen it. All the teenagers and kids already know all the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could mute the last fuck. They would still know exactly what's going on. Yeah, I've seen it thrice since it came out, which I'm not proud of, but also not going to apologize for. Um, yeah, whatever. Like, it, genuine. I do think if Hamilton was a like more straight ahead musical that was just like white people in turn of the century garb <laughs> thinking about their feelings, and they said my the word fair lady, my fair lady asked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think if the lyric was, I could have fucking danced all night, do you think she would have been just as mad? <laughs> no, I don't think she would have cared. I think because no one's watching that musical film. <laughs> she's on, she only like, gets okay, interested. She's done it. What other lyrics from my fair lady? The rain in fucking Spain. <laughs> like, she she's injecting herself into this conversation because everyone's talking about Hamilton and no one's talking about her. And because there's no new material for her to complain about, she has to inject. She has to find something to complain about. I've fucking grown accustomed to her face, man. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I believe it would be I grew accustomed to her fucking face. Oh, God. Okay, listen, I don't need your notes right now. I think we're all just doing our best. Who is Henry Higgins' friend? Pinkerton? P is that the name? Because uh, I played, I was him in high school. I can't remember his name. Who's me? I can't remember his name, but I was that guy. Really? Yeah. The other, the rich uh, high school 
Um, oh, daddy, we don't need that from you. Uh, that's not even know, the that's point. That's her dad. Colonel Hood. While you figure this out, I'm going to move on to the next story. Um, Colonel Hugh. No, no. No? Okay. So on CNN earlier this week, they were doing a handoff. Don Lemon and uh, Chris Cuomo were doing like a handoff between their shows and they're having their little discussion between their shows. And at one point, they were talking about the monuments that people have been pickering. That's who I was. Um, They were pinkering. Aren't those like the mob people? (laughs) Maybe. Um, They were complaining. They were talking about the monuments that have been coming down because people are like, take down the monuments of these founding fathers, maybe, or these American historical figures because they were slave owners, because they had these big gaping flaws Mm -hmm. that we need to address. Why are we honoring them with the statue? So Don Lemon, the anchor, was basically bringing that up because his whole point is, why are we deifying the founders of this country, many of whom owned slaves, Mm -hmm. which is a valid point. You're not rewriting history to say we don't need to pretend they were perfect. And in the process of arguing that, he said, Jesus Christ, if that's who you believe in, Jesus Christ admittedly was not perfect when he was here on this earth. His Mm -hmm. point being, Jesus wasn't perfect, but people still honor him. If you believe in him, you think he's the son of God. Dottie gets it. So I get what he was saying. But of course, this week, the Christian right has been like calling for the boycott of CNN, basically. They've been calling for like a boycott of CNN. So uh, <clears throat> Pastor Robert Jeff Because he implied that <clears throat> Jesus wasn't perfect? That's right. And in their faith, Jesus Christ was perfect. Not only that, he was so perfect that if he wasn't perfect, dying on the cross for your sins is like not real. Like oh, he has no, to be perfect because... His death only is meaningful if he is perfect and they killed the the perfect guy. So they're mad. So Pastor Robert Jeffress, the Trump supporter, said Don Lemon was heretical. Mike Huckabee said it was blasphemy. Uh, one conservative news outlet said Don Lemon was a fool. The Christian Broadcasting Network's David Brody like went on some all caps rant on Twitter saying Don Lemon and CNN can't be trusted oh. as if they were suddenly trusting CNN before that. Right. Um, but I just want to point out, it, let's talk about what Jesus did in the Bible. Okay. And regardless of what Christians believe about his perfection, these are actual things he did. Jesus once got so angry that he flipped over tables and benches to make a point. Mm-hmm. Like, got so mad, flipped over the stuff. He once cursed a fig tree because it oh, didn't have anything for him to eat because figs were not in season. And uh-huh. then the tree died. Jesus killed something out of hanger. Uh-huh. Um, he admitted to speaking in parables that were hard for people to understand. And then he got, like, mad because people didn't understand him. Um, he got snippy when people asked him why he didn't wash his hands. Ooh. And one time, his actions led to the deaths of a whole bunch of pigs. Oh, not the pigs. Yes, the pigs all died. I mean, my point is, I'm not saying these are all the biggest sins anyone could ever commit. Um, though cursing a fig tree is kind of weird. 
but let's he doesn't have he is not a perfect person he's a normal like in those stories he's a guy who got angry at times yeah and also in the musical jesus christ superstar he used a really fancy ointment during the song um not what the bu- what's the buzz it doesn't matter anyway he used a fancy I don't know ointment that one. instead of giving money to the poor so it's okay, it's just amusing it. to me that because Don Lemon didn't like say something that meshed with their personal religious views, they're flipping their shit. And isn't this the same group that's like railing against cancel culture right now? Oh yeah, like they're part of it. It's not the exact ones who signed that crazy letter, oh but it God. is the same type of people who are like, yes, well, let's not cancel these monuments. Like, mm-hmm. sh- who cares if they had slaves? They're still the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Lemon, who very well might be Christian, I don't even know, but like the Jesus. I can't believe this is what people are getting mad at. Like 130,000 people have died of COVID and they're like, you suggested Jesus wasn't 100% perfect. Yeah. How dare you? I just can't believe it. It, it, It's truly, it's truly, truly wild what people get their hackles up about. You know what I mean? Like, Someone said the F word in Hamilton, the musical. That is my week. And especially right now when there's so much real shit that's going on that we should be actually concerned about. People are literally dropping by the tens of thousands. And this is what they're like. It just and I don't know. And I don't think we ever will know if they're being sincere and they're really genuinely offended by that. Or if they are just looking to change the narrative to something, anything beyond beyond the GOP's I, horrible failures. Depending on who we're talking about. But most of the people we're mentioning, I do think they sincerely believe this stuff is a problem. But I also think they willfully ignore the very real problems that exist because it 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 would suck to acknowledge it. Then you would have all this cognitive dissonance you don't want to deal with. What's easier to do? Complain about Hamilton or Mm -hmm. acknowledge that the president that your people supported is basically burning the entire country down because he's too stupid to know how to do anything. I don't think they want to deal with that. So they'd rather focus on the culture war issues that, you know, they can get their people riled up about it. Right. Yeah, you're right. It's just frustrating when, you know, it, it's always frustrating, but it's it's especially frustrating right now when when there is stuff that we should be angry about, that we should be working toward, that's actively happening, and this is not it. <laughs> um, I do have some happy news for you. Great. Uh, remember, like three weeks, two three weeks ago, New York held its primaries. But um, (laughs) that was like June 23rd. That was June 23rd. And it seems like a world ago. I would have told you it was three months ago. (laughs) But they held their primary. But absentee ballots, all the mail-in ballots were not counted until this week. So there were a couple of races that still have not officially been called yet mm-hmm. because we're waiting on some votes to come in. Right. Um, but one of the races that I was watching was a race for New York's New York's first congressional district because there was a Democratic, there was a competitive Democratic primary because two people were really fighting to take on Republican Representative Lee Zeldin, who's been a mega cultist Trump guy for, for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it turned the election ended yesterday. Like one of the people conceded. And so it's over. And here's what you need to know about that. It was basically the race was 17,905 votes to 17,275. It's about a 630 vote difference there. And the winner was a woman named Dr. Nancy Goroff, who, if she wins, she is now the Democratic nominee because uh, her opponent conceded. If she wins... She would be the first non-theist in Congress, female non-theist in Congress, because she is a secular Jew. Huh. She would also be the first female PhD scientist nice. in Congress, which I was I was surprised by that. There hasn't been a single one yet. Um, and What's her PhD in? Chemistry. She has been. Uh, the, yeah, real. she's taught at Stony Brook University for uh, 22 years. She spent the past two and a half years as chair of the chemistry department. She's wildly progressive in all the right ways. But this is a very Republican district. So it's an uphill climb. Uh, the only upside to that is the person Goroff defeated in the Democratic primary. Uh, that person actually was the Democratic nominee in 2018. And Lee Zeldin won with 52% of the votes. Like it was such a close race then. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're changing. Lots changed in two years. But I'm excited. That's a, she's a good candidate. That would be an exciting race if she could pull it off. Um, Let's talk about Will Smith. I was excited. This week doesn't have a lot of Trump stories in general, but at least, or at least there were other things going on that we. That's talk good. About. I'm confused why we're talking about Will Smith. But <laughs> let's talk okay, about Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith was doing an interview uh, with a woman named Angela Rye, who's a CNN political commentator, has a, a YouTube podcast show called On One, the number one. Um, but they were talking about a bunch of things, and one of the things Will Smith was talking about. Let me let me tell you what he was trying to say. He was saying. We need good leaders, which is a sensible thing for anybody to say. <laughs> Real hot <That's> take there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing controversial. It was, uh, he was saying, you know, the problem is in the hearts and minds of people. Uh, we are, it demands that our attention begin on our hearts and minds. It's a lot of words, doesn't really say much. But here's what he said next. As a country, I would hope that a part of what we're learning right now is the destructive aspects of loveless, godless leadership. Do not not elect people that don't have God and love in their hearts. Well, well, (laughs) you were close there. Kind of on the right track and then takes a weird turn. You didn't quite stick the landing, did you, though? (laughs) He he went on to say in a YouTube comment after I think people complained. YouTube comment. I'm sorry, in a Facebook comment. He posted, yeah, not any better. What universe are we living in? (laughs) Yeah, he had to clarify on Facebook. Just to clarify, I'm not talking about church or religion. (laughs) So when he says godless, he means godless in the non-religious sort of way people just say godless is a Isn't slur. Isn't that always the way, though? Like, <laughs> oh, when I say he's holy, I don't mean he's of religion. I just mean he's good. I couldn't right. th- There's no other synonyms for good besides he's holy. A, he's a good day. Christian man. No, no, no. I didn't mean Christian as in Christian. I just meant Christian as in synonym for good. That reminds me, <laughs> when, I was, uh, when I was a kid, I used to go to, okay, tee up your, you, that's the whitest thing you've ever heard. I used to okay. go to sports camp in Iowa every summer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's 
called Loris. There's a, a, um, a college called Loris. It's like right across uh, the Mississippi from, from it's in Dubuque. Um, but we were Are you I just there. trying to get whiter with everything you say? <laughs> well, this is in my past. So I think it really contributes to my current whiteness. I think anything moving forward is me trying to get more or less white. Uh, <laughs> um, but they had this. Um, so it's like a week long sports camp. And then at the end, you get pat that are kind of like fraternity paddles. And they brand you get a brand for like the. Uh, an evergreen tree that means perseverance or that's the only one I remember or like a shield that means whatever. Um, And they always had one and it was the last one I got. It was a cross and it was very much like this stands for Christianity. Now, when we say Christianity, (laughs) we don't mean you're Christian in a literal, you're Christian way. We just mean the merits of Christianity. Like, love and kindness right christian values um anyway i and i was i probably went there from my like maybe eight to 14 or something like that and enjoy that cross well well, and you got like you're supposed to get a different one every every time you went and that was the last one i got because i did not (laughs) my christian values very well at sports camp and this is what, like, I've I've heard from a couple people online who are like, they, they're really mad at what Will Smith said, to which I was the one who was trying to talk them off the ledge here, saying, like, look. Who cares? I, it's, it's not even the, who He's cares? He's not a Scientologist. You know what? He has said that he likes principles of Scientology, which, again, is his way of saying something without actually saying anything of substance like i don't know what he is but again i also think he has no clue that when he says godless it comes off as a slur to a lot of people um so i will just i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he just is ignorant on that front but i just want to point out like our the problem with our leadership right now which he's complaining about is that they're it's supported and driven by white evangelicals the problem is not godless leaders. It's that we have too much God yes. and the and the worst people who believe in God. Yes. Um, like we need yeah, more godlessness in using. Government. I would say using uh, uh, godlessness as a shorthand for bad is terrible anyway, because it is you know really disrespectful for anybody who doesn't believe and and we all know when you say somebody's godless we mean they're not christian like nobody's accusing like whatever but we don't have enough muslims in government that's not what he was getting at or something. but I, it just sucks that that exists as shorthand still like it's yeah. 2020 can we do and, better than that because we can like see you the said, evangelical right if you we are trying it. if you're trying to say christian values and you want to say you know we need better leaders with more compassion and stronger guiding principles then say that you don't need to shorthand that one yeah it's I, a bad shorthand that needs to go but like also i like will smith just fine he seems fine after earth was a garbage movie but like i'm also not looking at him in a movie in a what? long time i don't think it's been a long time since i've seen him in a movie um, Mikey saw Gemini Man. He saw that was he said Never that was heard of it. Uh, he played himself and younger himself, and they fought. Never gonna see it. All right. Yeah. No. 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 It um, looked terrible. I saw a lot of previews. My favorite response to Will Smith's uh, clip there came from Mandisa Thomas, who's the president of Black Nonbelievers. She said, "You know, if love and compassion is what you're referring to, then no belief in a god is required." She added. 
please stop stigmatizing non-believers with statements like this. You've already expanded your worldview when it came to your marriage. Do the same here. Ooh, <laughs> take that, Will Smith. Oh, I love it. Um, And also, by the way, what bothered me about that clip isn't just Will Smith's ignorance. It's that the host of that interview not only didn't challenge him, she said something like, say it louder for the people in the back. Like, yes, that's the mic drop moment I want everyone to hear. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I get what he's trying to say. I think we do need kinder people running our country because the people we have are deeply unkind in every horrible way. But yeah, like... Now, comparing goodness to being religious sucks, and it always will. So it's, is it the thing that's going to make me march in the streets? No, but like it fucking sucks, and it just perpetuates stereotypes that you and I, I know, are working really hard to 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 yeah. get rid of. Let's talk about this Supreme Court case. There, there was one specific uh, religious decision they made this week. And here's the backdrop from where we're starting from. The question is, if you're like a private religious school, do you have a right to fire your employees if they don't fit your religious guidelines? Um, And more specifically, like I think most people, atheists included, church state separation people included, would say, yeah, religious schools, like if they fire someone for being uh, in a gay marriage, a Catholic school does that, which they do all the time. Um, That's their right. I mean, I don't like it. No, it sucks. But if if you're gay and you don't fit the uh, Catholic doctrine, then the Catholic church or the Catholic school has a right to fire you and you cannot sue them for firing you for being gay Um, because it's their religious rules and they're allowed to set their religious rules as they want. Um, So here's the issue in this particular case. Um, There are two women who are fighting this case. One of them, her name is Kristen Beale. She taught at a Catholic school, um, taught a little bit of everything to fifth graders. She taught math. She taught English. She had to teach a class teaching kids some basic principles of Catholicism. Um, And because the school was a Catholic school, she had to pray alongside students. But uh, I would argue that's not the same as like teaching them to accept Catholicism. She's kind of going through the motions and stuff like that. Mm, And I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. Iffy. Um, She was, she told her boss at the school she needed time off because she had breast cancer. This is a few years ago. And they basically said, nope, you're fired. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, She was fired. And she was angry because she said, you're firing me because of my illness. Um, So she wanted to file an anti-discrimination lawsuit. Like, you can't fire me for that reason. Um, And as this case is going through the courts, she actually died of her cancer last year. So she wasn't part of the Supreme Court's final decision here um, because she was no longer a plaintiff. But the other person... Um, her name, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but Agnes Morrissey Beru, she was at a different school. And again, Catholic school, I believe. And she taught one class on the history of the church, which I would argue is secular. Yeah. Um, she directed a play, like an Easter time play, which is not the same as a pastoral work. Right. And again, because of Catholic school, she had to pray alongside students. But basically, the school fired her because she was getting old. 
That was her argument. What? She said she like churned. I can't remember if it was 60 or 70, but she argued they had no reason to fire me. They only fired me because I was getting old, which if you were working for the government and they fired you for being old, you could sue them saying that's age discrimination. That's not fair. So she was the namesake of this case. Mm-hmm. And this week, what the Supreme Court said, they voted seven to two, and they said um, all the federal employment discrimination laws, they do not apply to teachers of religious instruction at church-run schools. And in English, what that is basically saying is religious schools can fire you for any reason they want to as long as you are considered, basically, a minister. But here's the question. Wait. What's a minister? Yeah. What's a minister? Like, could they fire a janitor for getting old? Technically, under the ruling, they could say, well, a janitor is part of our system here. We are calling them a minister of cleanliness. Like, there's nothing that prevents a Catholic school from saying every single person on staff is technically a minister um, because they are part of our staff, Hmm. and then firing them for whatever reason they want to. Um, And it applies not just to teachers who are promoting the faith, But anybody, they can get away with hiring and firing anybody they want under the umbrella of just saying, yep, this person was a minister. Doesn't matter what they were teaching, what they were supposed to be doing. Doesn't matter if promoting Catholicism or religion was a part of the job description. They now have the leeway to do that. And if you couple that with the case they had last week where now they can get taxpayer money, there's basically this carve out that says religious schools that may receive or People get benefits from using taxpayer money on religious schools. Um, Now they can also get around discrimination laws because they happen to be religious. And I would argue that's an endorsement of religion. That's using religion to get around laws that apply to everybody else. So, okay, stop me when I get something wrong. But... So the religious right is celebrating this victory. Yes, they are. Because they now get to fire people for any reason. Yeah. Uh, Russell Moore, the president, a Southern Baptist leader, said he celebrated it because faith-based organizations have the constitutional right to hire those who share the organization's beliefs. Like what being he, under 50. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, what he did not say, which is what the case was about, is that those faith-based organizations now also have the right to fire anybody they want for any reason they want with no repercussions or consequences simply by the fact that they say we're religious and they work for us. Therefore, they are here to do our bidding no matter what job they hold. That's not great. Um, Sonia Sotomayor wrote a dissent. She was one of the two no votes. And she actually said this, which was hilarious. Was uh, uh, Ginsburg oh, was the other one. But Sonia Sotomayor said this. Pause for a moment on the court's conclusion. Even if the teachers were not Catholic, because sometimes Catholic schools hire non-Catholics to mm-hmm. teach other courses. Even if the teachers were not Catholic, and even if they were forbidden 
to participate in the church's sacramental worship, like they couldn't get communion because they're not Catholic, Mm -hmm. they would nonetheless be ministers of the Catholic faith simply because of their supervisory role over students in a religious school. That stretches the law and logic past their breaking points. So the Catholic Church would not consider some of these people Catholic. Like, you cannot participate in our prayers But by the way, you're Catholic enough that we can fire you for any reason we want. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, the shit that these people are... That's the thing, is like, it's not just... It's the things that they're going to the mat about. They're going to the mat for their ability to fire somebody for no good reason. And that, pardon me, doesn't seem very Christian to me. (laughs) (laughs) What does Christian mean? You are making the Will Smith mistake. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, um, one church state separate uh, Americans United for separation of church and state said the ministerial exception that says the Catholic Church can fire you for any reason they want is meant to apply only to genuine faith leaders. It should not be exploited to justify discrimination against math, gym, computer teachers who clearly are not ministers. Right. Yeah. No. It fucking. It fucking and sucks, man. I would like, also add, uh, Americans United added, and this I had not thought about until they said it, um, teachers at religious institutions should now demand to know whether their employers consider them ministers yeah, before absolutely. they get hired. Like, put a sign on the door that says, if you are here and you get fired, you have no recourse. Like, you got to say that up front. Yeah, that's not great. Um, we had another shitty Supreme Court ruling this week. Um, so do you remember in God 2013 when we first had the argument on the contraception man contraception mandate? Mm-hmm. So the idea is um, under um, the Affordable Care Act that um, contraception needs to be provided to uh, to people who need it um, as a part of their insurance. Um, essentially, if you're an employer and you provide insurance for your um, for your employees, those employees should get their contraception. That's got to be included in the mix. Yeah, exactly. And and for and for the most part, I believe it was you don't even have to pay a copay. So like when I, I got an IUD mm-hmm. in in twenty fourteen or something like that, and I didn't have to pay anything out of pocket. Which thank God that day was bad enough. Um, but so that's been something that everyone's pushed back. Hobby Lobby famously was part of the big pushback on that, which is why I haven't shopped there ever in my entire life. The the issue at that point a few years ago was that if you were like a church that employed people, you could sign, and, and it wasn't like a church, but like a religious organization, you could sign paperwork that said, we don't feel comfortable doing this because contraception goes against our beliefs because we, I don't know, we think it causes abortion, which it doesn't. But they could just sign a paper and then the federal government would cover that for their employees' behalf. And Hobby Lobby said, well, we're a regular company. We're not a ministry, but also we're Christian owners. So we want to play by the same rule. That was the Hobby Lobby case. And the court said, fine, if you're a Christian business owner, same deal goes for you. You don't have to pay for it either. So anyway, so that's been back and forth for a long time, and then it came back to the uh, the Supreme Court and seven two decision um, that re- uh, employers are no longer provided to no longer required to provide cost free coverage for contraception. Um, this is because because the a group didn't even want to sign the paperwork. It's it. 
and what they say constantly is, well, I don't, it's just, to me, it's just the most baffling logic that I do not know. And I don't know, maybe I'm not as smart as I think I am, but this logic does not seem to hold at even the slightest, like, uh, um, pressure on it. Like, cause they say, well, we don't want the money that we're paying our employees to go towards contraception. But like, once you, once my employer pays me, they no longer get to decide how I right. lose my money. Yeah, I, the weird I thing here is the Little Sisters of the Poor, the organization that was suing, said, I mean, they could have just signed the paperwork that said, we don't want to pay for it for our employees. And then the government would have to do it. And they said that was too much of a burden. And the court said, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, that sounds so really hard, you guys. Your employees are on their own. You can give insurance, but the the people. I, how many women are affected theoretically by this? If, I, if oh, I, I, um, the number was like six figures in terms of how many women I think are under employers who may now say, "All right, we're not providing any contraception coverage, uh, so you're on your own. If you want to buy it after we give you a paycheck, go do it." But we're not. Helping you get it, we're not allowing basically the it government could to do it. In as many, it was one hundred and twenty-six thousand women using contraceptive coverage from their employers, yeah, which could be expensive depending on what you need, who you are, where you are. Well, and here's the other thing: is um, it makes me mad that I even have to say this, but contraception has uses beyond just not getting pregnant. First of all, for some people, getting pregnant is a life-threatening situation. Second of all, like, and, and the thing is, I don't, I don't owe anybody an explanation besides me and my doctor about why I take any given medication. If my doctor and I agree that this is the right thing for me, like, could you, ma- I'm on antidepressants. Can you imagine if my employer called me into the office and was like, now tell me about why you're on Prozac. Are you actually that sad? Or like, I don't need to fucking justify anything. I take, I have a prescription allergy pill. What if my fucking boss was like, um, I've noticed you don't sneeze as much as I thought you usually do. So maybe you don't really need this anymore. It's so absurd on its face. And that's even did, like discounting the fact that women go on birth control for other issues that are for their healthcare. Abor- not abortion is healthcare, but birth control is healthcare. And nobody gets to decide what kind of healthcare I get besides me and my doctor. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, the way to change this, if you're unhappy with that decision, I mean, if Democrats can take control in November, uh, they could pass a bill that gives those women an option that isn't a cost prohibitive. Well, but right now, uh, religious groups are able to become obstacles for their employees, no matter what. Again, because you're religious, you get these special privileges now that you don't have to follow the rules everyone else plays by. Two more things. One... Um, it sucks that we rely on our employers for, for medical coverage that fucking blows. Like I shouldn't have to change jobs because my employer is a nightmare person. Like in, when it comes to my healthcare Two, and not to slippery slope this thing, but what if I go to work for Jehovah's witness, Jehovah's witnesses do not believe in blood transfusions. Do they then get to like, if I go, if I'm in a in a car accident and I've lost a lot of blood and I need a blood transfusion. Does the doctor then have to call my boss to be like, Hey, Jess might die soon. Would you mind? We've got some like be negative lying around that works for her. Can we, can we give that to her? No. Or even worse, I didn't die. I recovered. And then my 
not even worse, but my insurance was like, oh, yeah, um, no, that's not covered. So you're going to have to pay for every fucking drop of blood that you it, – it's – it is an absurd, like, and they must know. Yeah, don't, they, they know should this. not tie insurance to employment. It's a horrible system. It's a terrible system. And it's not going to change if Trump or Republicans remain in office. Yeah, vote blue, yeah. Vote blue. Um, I'm going to pause for a second to talk about a sponsor. We have a sponsor, dude. Yay! Uh, <laughs> so Being Reasonable is a new podcast hosted by Mark Solomon in which he invites guests to uh, he invites on guests to ask them about just one belief. So, for example, I believe in God. I believe that Christianity is compatible with evolution. Or I believe vaccines are harmful and ineffective. So people have the beliefs. He may disagree with them. But instead of just debating them, Mark engages in a series of questions to gauge the reliability of their belief and find out what it would take for the guest to revise that belief. So the goal isn't to win. It's to get people thinking more clearly using uh, what has commonly been known as street epistemology. Mm -hmm. So interesting process. If you've ever seen videos of that online, it's fascinating to watch it because it doesn't look like a debate at all. No. And some people really do change their minds. So being reasonable is available wherever you get your podcast. Check it out. Fans of this show especially may really like it. So yeah. uh, check it out. I want to talk about a quote unquote COVID party, which is not a COVID party, but it got a lot of press this week. Is that like a, a chicken COVID party? party? Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, good. Um, so here's, here's the story of what happened. And it's a sad story. Um, a, a couple, was it a couple months ago? May have been a couple months ago. A 17 year old girl, uh, her name is Carson. She died of COVID-19 related complications. And I was reading an obituary about her, earlier this week and she seems amazing um she volunteered worked with her church to give gifts to kids who didn't have the same privileges she had helped out in a special needs classroom she wrote christmas cards for soldiers uh honor school's honor roll honor school's bowling league and she did this while having an autoimmune disorder and she also had to deal with the loss of her father who died when she was 10 oh. so incredible kid um, and very involved with her school and her church. Um, what happened is she died of COVID. And this week, the uh, there's a data scientist in Florida named Dr. Rebecca Jones, who got a copy of the Florida Department of Health's medical report, like the autopsy reports, mm -hmm. um, regarding this child. Because that was a, a part of a public thing that she could get a hold of. And what she found in that report was shocking. Um, what it basically said, um, I'm trying to read, here's what it said in the report. According, this is uh, from Dr. Rebecca Jones summarizing what the report said. Her mom, who's not a doctor, once Carson got sick, prescribed her daughter like an antibacterial drug. I'm not sure how that works because she's not a doctor. Right. But I, yeah, I was wondering about that word myself. But she gave her some drug that ha is not something that fights COVID-19. Okay. Um, it didn't help the daughter. Then she took the daughter to another doctor. And then she put her daughter on her grandfather's oxygen machine. Like she's playing doctor and doesn't know what she's doing, this mom. Oh my God. Then 
after things get worse, she gives the daughter hydroxychloroquine, no. which is the drug Trump has been touting, which does not has not been shown to help people with COVID. Um, does all the wrong stuff. But here's the question: Why did Carson get sick in the first place? And according to the medical report, she went to a church party on June 10th. And as of earlier this week, the church's website on uh, Facebook page was still up and I grabbed some screenshots. Here's what the Facebook event page or their, their post about this event says. Service is back and better than ever. We will be having our release party in the gym tonight at 645. There will be games, awesome giveaways, free food, a DJ, music, and the start of our new sermon series. There's karaoke, there's basketball, whatever. Basically, they were inviting a bunch of young people to church. And as far as we can tell, according to the medical report, there were no masks. There were no attempts at social distancing. I repeat, Carson, the girl in question, had an autoimmune disorder. Uh, People called this a COVID party. The church did not call it a COVID party and didn't joke about it being a COVID party. But it was a large in-person gathering that the church held. No one's doubting that. Um, And this girl went there. She got sick. She had a mother who accepts these conspiracy theories who wasn't helping. Mm -hmm. And the girl died. And now the medical report is out. And all the side, like the church's only statement was like, we didn't throw a COVID party. Stop calling it a COVID party. And then they shut down their page. And the mother, who's a follower of QAnon and other conspiracy oh, theory no. stuff, she shut down her page. Um, but I, honestly, I was hearing this, and I'm like, why isn't the mother in trouble for any of this so far? I don't understand that. It's <laughs> yeah, like a- I, mean, I just feel like neglect at at best. I I do. I'm not obviously not on the church's side, but like I, I do think that calling it a COVID party isn't necessarily intellectually honest because i think that when people when i hear when i think about like chicken pox parties it is oh my two-year-old has chicken pox bring your toddlers over we'll yes. get them all chicken pox so they can get through it that doesn't not what the church was what doing. doing which which i not that intent matters obviously this girl died mm-hmm. needlessly right. but I, I think if we want to stay intellectually honest about what we're talking about i don't think it's fair to call it a covid party yes that, and that but, is that said right that's said what is fair is to say that this church disregarded the advice of the CDC and all medical knowledge yes. put, and knowingly put their congregation in danger and killed a child. They mm-hmm. let, they caused a child to die. She did not, she does not have to be dead right now. Her mom also responsible. And she, it, it doesn't, I, I, I don't I don't even know who I'm more mad at. I don't know if I'm mad at the church for deciding in early June to throw a giant party with no precautions or the mother who saw her daughter get sick and decided Trump would be the medical expert she would pay attention to. Like, and sh- so she knew her daughter, do- ostensibly she knew that her daughter had this autoimmune deficiency disorder. So... She believes in some science because she accepted that there, like, she accepted that her daughter had a disorder. It's not like she doesn't believe in, doesn't believe in medicine, flat out. Mm-hmm. She picks and chooses what she believes, and and who knows? Like, maybe this girl wouldn't have recovered anyway. You know, those of the autoimmune dis- uh, disorders really struggle with COVID and have mm-hmm. lasting effects after it's done if they do survive. But 
it it's shit like this that's when when are we going to learn to take responsibility? Like when are we going to learn that being inconvenienced isn't worse than being dead? I saw there was a New York Times report this week that said I think 650 COVID deaths have been linked to church outbreaks. Mm-hmm. And a response that I heard from Christian, uh, the Trump Christians, was like only 650. Like there were more at, I don't know, protests, whatever they're mad at, even though there weren't. Like they're basically saying 650 is such a small number of deaths. Um, so why are you blaming us? We didn't do anything wrong. Stop picking on churches. But the same group of people is mad that there's an F word in Hamilton. Like, <laughs> right. Just the shit that they decide oh. that they're going to rail against does not make sense to me. I, it's, it's astounding and it's fucking tragic. And I think history is going to show that religiosity and a lack of skepticism is going to be one of the most deadly things that happens in the 21st century. People are going to continue to die needlessly because, because we have leaders at the very top who are willing to indulge this, this obsession with conspiracies and like, you can't tell in this like obsession with freedom and independence. And like, you can't tell me what to do. Like, no, I guess I can't tell you what to do, but also what I'm telling you might help your kid not die. So like, that's on you, I guess. Like, I frankly hold the mother responsible. I don't understand the idea that these people really do think they are pro-life and they think it's unfair when you say, oh, you're pro-life until they're born and then you don't give a shit. And they're like, how dare you? Oh, 650 like, kids died? Who fucking cares? Like, Yeah, it's... I How do you I, not I, care? I, Why? I, I had to leave my terrible... Um, Facebook groups, my local like Aurora Naperville Facebook groups, because I kept like, people were like, oh, only five kids died. And I was just like, I just want to know how many kids dying is acceptable. I just want to know. This, <laughs> how this much work serious. went into that only there? Uh, it, it's just, God, 650 people. That's half of my high school. Yeah. Like, you know what? That's double my graduating class. Like, I don't know what this is. It keeps coming up and it started, I think, around the kids in camps era of the Trump administration. But they just stopped caring. Well, there was an article and the the headline was, I don't know how to tell you, you should care about people. And I, I I genuinely think that is one of the most like honest headlines I've ever seen because I can't make anybody care. I can't make you care. If you get me sick, I can't make you care if you kill your own kid, because obviously they do it. Like the church didn't give a shit about these kids. The mom didn't give a shit about her own kid. I feel like there's more sympathy for the girl from all the critics than there is from her own family and friends. Well, man, I don't know anymore. I don't know if I'm trying to think of if if a Hillary Clinton or any Democrat was in charge right now, presumably they would be doing the same shit because the democratic president would be telling them you need to take these precautions. And they're like, fuck you. Like, right. you know, well, what would have happened is the number of deaths. Cause you wouldn't have probably been able to avoid the virus period, but you would have had early action. You would have had many fewer deaths, but if you had like three deaths instead of 130,000 mm-hmm. Fox news would complain about those three. But they're going to ignore 130,000 or whatever if it's under Trump, and they'll find other excuses for ignoring that. Um, I think his own people are like, well, it could have been much higher. 
Yeah, but Obama like lost two to the bird flu, and no one ever stopped talking about that on their side. Three people in Benghazi died, and yeah. they still haven't gotten that. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I just don't know. It's so hard for me to understand what the core of their belief is at this point. Because the this wrong point, people keep getting canceled. I wouldn't even say that. It's just like, at what, what so you don't believe what scientists say, but you probably still take any medication you're, you're prescribed and you probably try to balance diet because that's what dietitians say you should do. You probably try to exercise because that's what scientists say you should do. But this one thing is a bridge too far. And I'm just not sure. Like you probably don't drink your own pee because scientists not. are like, mm, maybe you shouldn't do that. Everyone's like, yeah, actually, good job, scientists. You really nailed that one. But like, if somebody, there are already, if there are I already article, if I saw an article published that like so and so drank their own pee because they're not going to let scientists tell them what they could or could not do, I could not tell you if that was parody or not because I don't know anymore. Uh, there are already people saying I, I get the emails from the Christian right groups saying that you should all avoid vaccines if and when they appear for COVID because they are made from like. The cells of fetuses. <laughs> yeah. Like they're already like trying to get people to raise this big fuss about it when that day comes. Yeah. So they're not just trying to kill us now. They're trying to kill everybody later too. Why are you wearing jeans? Um, I don't know. Oh. It's daytime. My husband's wearing jeans and I was really confused about it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I am too. And I don't you know. Are? I am. And it's. It's daytime. That's my excuse. I wore jorts this week when I went grocery shopping, but that's pretty much as close as I've gotten to hard pants. Congratulations. Uh, um, let's talk about the loans really quick because this these, this all came out this week. The, the story here is that the government and the Democratic House and the Republican Senate, they passed a bill, the CARES Act, a while ago, oh, yeah. uh, a couple months ago, saying businesses are struggling right now. So let's give them loans to help tide over this time when they can't be in business. And I, and basically the rule was as long as 75% of your loan goes to paying salaries for your employees and mm -hmm. paying for basic business stuff, uh, you don't have to pay us back. We're giving you this loan as kind of a stimulus to tide you over and mm -hmm. everyone needs more, but they haven't done it yet. But anyway, the, uh, one of the things that happened is after they gave away, like, I forgot how much money. It was like trillions, uh, mm -hmm. like a trillion dollars or, or several, hundreds of billions at least. Um, Steve Mnuchin, Secretary of the Treasury and the Trump administration said, we're not going to tell you who's getting the money. Like what? You're giving away that much money and there's no transparency yeah, here. Yeah, I thought this thing was all on uh, transparency and such. Yep, this they weren't going to tell anybody. And then there was enough of a fight that they finally said, fine, we will tell you. Whiners. <laughs> we will tell you how much we gave to like groups. But if they got under $150,000, we're not going to tell you who gets it. We'll just tell you 75000 went to group X. Like, that's it. But if they got over 150000 they would release the name. So this week, they released that list. And there were like, I don't know, 80,000 organizations that received more than 150000 in funding. Mm -hmm. And so again, some of these, and they, they also said, controversially, they said all nonprofit groups who don't pay taxes are eligible for this funding. 
So that was interesting. And then they said, oh, churches are nonprofits? Right. Churches can also get this money, which was controversial. But okay, so a couple things we learned here. Let's Here's the atheist side of things, in case anyone's curious. Um, they, they didn't give exact amounts. They gave ranges. So between $150,000 and $350,000, uh-huh. uh, the American Humanist Association got a loan. American Atheists got a loan because that's how much they need for their staff. Um, there was a larger bracket for $350,000 to a million. Freedom from Religion Foundation and the Center for Inquiry got amounts in that range. Okay, again, not weird. They're all nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like, I don't think it's hypocritical to say, it was a bad idea to be transparent. It was or to not be transparent. It's not mm-hmm. a bad idea to criticize it and also want the money because you have a staff. That's fine. Um, but here's the kicker. According to one estimate, this is by American atheists. They said religious institutions, houses of worship got between six to $10 billion with a B. And that depends because we don't know how much each group got under 150 K. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing. And then today, the Associated Press reported that the Catholic Church, uh, what's the exact amount? I want to get it here. But the Catholic Church got a very, uh, I'll get you a specific number. Do, 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 do. I'll find it. Where yep. did it go? Here. Yeah. Uh, $1.4 billion in COVID bailout funds. And so this is from, because they listed the names of who got it. The like Archdiocese of New York got 15 loans worth $28 million because it has several smaller parts to it. Um, In Orange County, California, Mm -hmm. uh, the diocese got four loans worth $3 million. And by the way, these are institutions that have already had to pay out money in bankruptcy proceedings. They've had to pay out settlements for sexual abuse cases, but now they're being rewarded by the government. And not only that, in the case of the Catholic Church, there was a rule in the CARES Act that said, we're only helping businesses that have under 500 employees because it was Mm -hmm. supposed to be a small business boost. Mm -hmm. Well, the Catholic Church has a gazillion employees, but they received a special exemption. So so they could still get money even though they have a gazillion employees and everything in the Vatican. They have gazillions of dollars in the Vatican. All your gold thrones, Catholic (laughs) Church. And instead, taxpayers gave them billions of dollars to help. And by the way, that money now means the church can be like, yes, we could pay salaries with this money, leaving us with $1.4 billion to pay kids we molested. I was going to say, in, in the defense of the Catholic Church, they're out of money because they've had to give all their money to the kids that they've molested. So, like, you know, poor guys, they're the real victims, I would say. Oh, so, and here's the sad part. Like, I don't think there's any recourse here. I don't think there's much anybody can do. Uh, just FYI, the, the church run by Robert Jeffress, the mega cultist Trump guy, they got between 2 and $5 million dollars. Uh, there were like four, I think four religious groups or ministries that got like millions of dollars each. Imagine uh, what I'd be able to do with two, between two and five million dollars. Televan- televangelist Joyce Meyer got more than five. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, she got more than five million for Wait, her it's, ministry. And so Ark Encounter got many, more than a million. Ark Encounter got money. Uh-huh. Can we apply for a small business, whatever? Uh, we are not a business. Um... Or, hear me out, Yes, I will submit to being your employee, Uh and then you can get whatever $2.1 million, and we can split it, 
And Darn. then we can stop doing this dumb podcast. Pretty sure that's how this works. <laughs> I, mean, I will file no the rules, That's the sad part. Like one of the fair criticisms has been you basically took these applications and gave no thought the Trump administration to like who actually needs it. That like and there's again we don't know who got less than one hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is still a shit ton of money. Yeah. Like how many people got these loans of six figures and we don't know who they are yet. Yeah. Meanwhile, I haven't been able to work in two months and my uh, unemployment randomly just stopped and I can't figure out why. So patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. So Jessica can pay her mortgage. I got Um, one last one for you on my end, which uh, this is one we missed last week because I think it happened right after we recorded. But Trump issued an executive order calling for the creation of a National Garden of American Heroes, which would include a whole bunch of statues that protesters could not destroy. And he basically, like if you read the executive order, it's not like they're saying we want to honor all the conservatives or we want to honor all the people you're tearing down. What they said is we want to celebrate people like Justice Antonin Scalia. We want to celebrate recipients of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. You know, who's like Rush Limbaugh. And also they name checked him. Billy Graham, preacher Billy Graham, who's dead, who like, Again, he is not a, I would argue he is, even though he was in contact with all the presidents for a long time, like a spiritual advisor of sorts, um, I would argue outside of Christianity, he is not a historical figure. He's important to some evangelical Christians, many, many Christians in the country, but I mean, what's his significance outside of a religious? I would answer your argument with my own argument, which is don't they have better shit to be doing right now? No. What do you think they're doing? Taking care of COVID? No, they got nothing. And by the way, Billy Graham is anti-Semitic. He's the guy like even his son, who's even worse, has the no Jews allowed volunteering policy. But the older Billy Graham like jokes with Richard Nixon about how Jews control the media. Like, Billy Graham is not a guy who deserves to be honored either. I just, it, I don't know why. Why is this the one that I think has destroyed my faith in humanity? They, it's Trump just wants to fight culture war issues because he knows it gets his base fired up. And doing anything meaningful doesn't mean anything to them. So, of course, he's going to play this up. By the way, this uh, garden would not be built until, I don't know, 2026 or something. Uh, yeah, 2026. So, so theoretically. Literally jerking off. Like yeah. he's uh, just if, masturbating Biden, his, his base. It's what he does every day. Uh, if Biden gets in office, he could easily issue an order saying, we're going to postpone the garden. And now it's done. But so it, it's just symbolic. He's just throwing meat to his base. But again, even the meat is just like, yep, let's celebrate these people. Let me throw in a preacher. Let me throw in Rush Limbaugh. Let me throw in Scalia. Let me, oh, I'll mention Amelia Earhart and the Wright brothers. But back to the real people. Like, that's his whole shtick. I'm curious how many women and people of color he has teed up to be in there because... There were a few... He mentioned, like, Harriet Tubman. But, like, you could tell that it's not about the other people. It was about these people who shouldn't be in any garden who he was also including in that list of other people. 
Man, I don't know. I think if they do that, if they have like a garden, they should do like a Medusa style thing and have in the middle of it a statue of Trump as Medusa. And so the 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 garden becomes not a tribute to these people, but a place where all these people came and were turned to stone. I like it. I like it. Is that too is that too like Perfect. high-minded for a for a dumb garden or am I, am I on the right track here? <laughs> Clearly on the right track. Nothing um, will ever go wrong. Just before we wrap up, um in Bradenton, Florida, um agencies were called to the Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing and um to uh, in collection with in connection with search warrants and a federal order involving a concoction that the church has been selling as an alleged treatment for the uh, for COVID. Um, they so back in April, um, they these people got an injunction because they were distributing this solution that contained chlorine dioxy, uh, dioxide, um, which is an equivalent to industrial bleach. Um, bleach. And- They're selling bleach. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so these people came in with like fucking hazmat suits. They were not fucking around. They found 50 gallons of muriatic muriatic acid, 22 gallons of the finished miracle mineral solution, 8,300 pounds sobe- sodium chloride. So they're doing good. Yeah, there. so they raided this church, took all of their material. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, this church is one guy and his three stupid sons. I think at least two of them have been arrested. <laughs> um, I don't know about the rest, but this church has been around for years. I think at one point they were accused of like possibly injuring like 50,000 Ugandans. Yeah. Because uh, they've been telling parents to give bleach to their babies. They've been slapped with uh, a fines in like Seattle or something. But, and by the way, they also said out loud, the guy who runs it, Mark Grenon, uh, he has said to, in interviews and stuff, it's not really a church. We only call it a church to avoid government oversight. Oh, like, sure. They know it's a game. Yeah. And they're using it to sell harmful products to other people. Oh, in Australia, they were slapped with a $150,000 fine. Nice. Um, there was another thing I want to talk about. There was some dude who talked about how syncopation, which is a type of musical rhythm, is bad for the frontal lobe, which is kind of fun. Um, it's I. The thing is, I found this video and I just can't. Find, it's just like a white dude talking to another white dude about how, like, when you clap along with music, frequently ca- people clap on the called a podcast. <laughs> burn on podcasts i don't know it's just a fucking wild like literally this guy is like singing jesus loves me and explaining why you clap on the two and four okay. because the one and two is satanic or, or one and three and satanic it's wild and then also there is a video i found <laughs> i'm gonna send this to you because it's very funny okay um it's from ni- ni- the year 1980 and it's this terrible three minute long video about mormons and it's not even a video. It's just a series of pictures with bad dialogue. And it's three full minutes. And half of it is like, Daniel, did you take the pictures during the game? Yes, I will show them once I once I develop them. Daniel, how are things going? Oh, I'm still doing it. And then they're like, oh, no. I just saw Miss Cooper uh, pouring a cup of coffee. What are we going to do? <laughs> and, then, and then she comes out. She's like, oh, I was just pouring this cup of coffee for Mrs. Olsen. And the kids are like... For you, that was a close one. It is. This is the like the Mormon Church's horror movies. 
it's it's so fucking funny. I like this is what I was doing when you were getting ready to record. Right. I was watching things in syncopation and Mormons and coffee. It was a delight. Um. Anyway, that's all I have. Are you all done? I'm all done. Christ, um, this week. Yeah, man, it was a lot. So, um, hey guys, thanks for listening. If you um. If you are not already a donor to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast, uh, you are missing um, some podcasts that my husband and some friends of mine have been doing. It's just a bonus thing where uh, we talk about movies and shows of people being trapped together and then discuss them on the podcast. Um, this The twist for July is that my husband decided he wasn't going to watch any movies directed by white men. So now we're even further narrowing the scope of the movies that we're watching. So that was fun. We watched the movie. Oh, okay. This is what I want to say. We watched the movie Black Christmas, which is the most recent um, in a series of remakes of a horror movie from the 70s, I think. And it got like a 3.2 on IMDb. And everyone's like, this is crap. Blah, blah, blah. 3.2 it, out of 10? Out of 10. Okay. Um, and like the room got 3.8. So like put that in your in your scale. And everyone's like, oh, this is crap. It is the feminist horror movie of my dreams. It was so fucking good. I enjoyed every moment of it. it, it it's like it's it's a kind of hokey slasher movie. It's a horror movie. Um but it is like all about feminism and it's so fun and funny and the characters are wonderful. And I'm like actively angry at IMDb for letting it be rated so poorly. So there's that also, if you have a lot of time on your hands, um, Mikey, my husband and our two friends, Jeff and Leslie who live in Louisville have all been watching lost. Um, and we've been recording an episode on each season. This time we did seasons four and five together because Jeff uh, Jeff works in film. So we had to leave for a bit. So we couldn't uh, get him on, on the podcast. Um, it's like three and a half hours long. And it is some of the hardest I've laughed like since this whole thing started. Also, in other free shit, um, my husband and I have a podcast called Cooper Duper. We're uh, rewatching Twin Peaks and discussing it. It's been a lot of fun and very insightful. Um, I think... Oh, my Etsy shop is Etsy uh, is bitches get stitch done. I do custom cross stitch work. Um, could use your help if anybody wants to buy a cross stitch for their friends or family. Um, Hemet, where can we find you on? Thank you. Where can we find you on Twitter? I am at Hemet Meta on Twitter. Go to friendlyatheist.com for stories. And Uh, I'm going to add, check out Being Reasonable, that podcast we mentioned earlier. It's really interesting. Thank you very much, guys. Um, I'm on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. If you have questions, concerns, compliments, criticisms, maybe not criticisms, but you can email us at friendlyatheistpodcast.gmail.com. We read all of that shit. Um, Oh, 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 shit. I forgot. I've been doing reviews. Oh, yes. Do a review. Vamp until I found that. Yes, I will. Um, I don't have anything else to vamp about as okay. I'm looking. All right. Um, okay, great. Okay. So this is a five-star review from, um, iTunes. If you want, you can Before go. Before you ahead. started that, I was about to say, let's talk about cancel culture. Oh no. Oh my God, are you canceling not. me again? <laughs> <laughs> let's have a five second discussion about that letter. Yeah. Um, go ahead and read the review. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> FAP is the best podcast ever. This is on Tuesday from Joe Ken, 190835 stars. Best podcast ever on the separation of church and state. I'm a proud, I'm a proud Patreon supporter uh, and highly recommend this informative and fun podcast. Hemant and Jessica compliment one another 
like peanut butter and jelly. Haven't your peanut yeah. butter because you're brown. Yay. Um, that's from Kenny from Philly. Oh, thanks for signing that, Kenny. That was nice. Um, <laughs> Anyway, thank you. Um, I'm trying to read one five-star review each week. I sometimes forget, but I'm doing my best. Um, (laughs) We will talk to you all all next week. Yeah. All right. Have a good weekend. Bye.